0: What is up, y'all? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about so many books
1: that it's have a come ridiculous out. Ridiculous number of books,
0: Elvin. Ridiculous. This is a ridiculous number of books, and I'm still expecting that you read an extra one because that's what you do every week, Pete.
1: Well, that's maybe I right, missed you're... a couple that you gave me and read something else because I didn't <sighs> see the email where you listed the DCs, so I had to make my own choices. Oh, that's great!
0: (laughs) Thank you for not asking or anything. Uh, Well, just just because of that, just because of that, Pete, we're going to start off with X Men number one from Marvel Comics, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Pepe Larraz. This is. Not a reboot of X Men, but a continuation. But now this is the Dudes, as you mentioned, taking over the main X Men title, focusing on the newly elected X Men team, rolling out of the Hellfire Gala crossover, I guess you would call it. Wow. We're I getting... love...
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, love the it's not strictly
0: a crossover. It was a thing that was happening in all the X Men books. I don't
2: know. Yes. Uh, Alex... That's also known as a crossover.
1: Sure, Alex. Let me ask you: Do you think like the Dukes did such a great job on um, on uh, Deadpool that they were uh, Marvel was just like, "Hey, any book you want, man"? Yeah, totally. He
0: did Deadpool like a decade ago. They skipped every single book that he's done in between, and then X Men versus the X Men titles that he's been writing.
1: (laughs) He obviously does a lot of great stuff, but you know. I really like this book a lot. I
0: thought this was really well done. This is recentering X-Men as a superhero team in the Marvel Universe, putting them in New York City, doing a very confusing real estate scheme to put a treehouse right in the middle of the city. I got to be honest, I don't think they do that over the night. They joke about it a little bit. I don't think it would work. It really strained credulity in this book about people with superpowers fighting giant mechs. But other than that, great stuff.
2: Alex really taking a a stand against the real estate speculation um, (laughs) here in this fictional comic book. Uh, I like this book a lot. You know what, Pete, I'm very curious what your take is. This book feels like it's just taking the X-Men continuity and just pushing it back toward our classic, like X-Men blue and gold teams vibe. This is a strike force team located in the heart of New York city. They are fighting a menace. They do some fun robot building here. And then and I think this is a huge clue to what this book is going to be about. The Avengers And the on the honker, and they're saying, we love you guys. We're all friends. We'll be there in a second. And the X-Men are like, don't worry. We're here. We won. The crowds are applauding us. Pete, I think this is a fun book. I love that this X-Men iteration could take on so many different sort of spots and tones. Pete, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I could have done with the douchey Cyclops tour of his treehouse. I love this tour of the treehouse. It's like, it's a classic X Men thing to be like, look at our cool base. That's very He's normal flexing all over that poor re- re- Reporter there Ben Ben Yurik uh, you're trying to
2: back Ben Yurik The oldest curmudgeon And I guess it's just Ben Yurik is you Yeah
1: he is He's like hey Cyclops you piece of shit Let's fucking uh, hold, try to hold you over Some coals here and so I'm just like, oh, I'm going through this portal. Can't really talk. Mm, I, um, why, is it, why is
2: Ben Yurik the character that knows every superhero and is just like, hey, you got time for – he's like Columbo. He's like, hey, yeah, got time like, for hey, a little one quote. One more question. Hey, one just more one
1: question. One more. Um, yeah, I mean, other than the fact of like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad for – rich people in new york but you think you have a nice view of central park and all of a sudden a giant tree fort goes up you know those the uh, rich people on the phones with their lawyers and uh i you know i know the x-men's an amazing team but i don't know if uh, i agree with cyclops which is rare i don't think that they're uh going to be able to kind of withstand the lawyer battle that is going to be hand handed to them so, so let me You're let me get this Exactly. Let me get this straight. You two are reading this X Men book, and you're mad about the real estate
2: and mm-hmm. like the lawyer, like someone's worried about the. Well, I just uh, think I
1: know New York City, and I know the fact that like nobody's going to stand for that. Pete, no, you real quick. I just want—I want to test
0: something, Pete. Yeah. Real quick, on the count of three. What is the best villain plot in any Superman movie? One, two. Lex Luthor's real estate scheme. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. You didn't hear Pete. He said it very low, but he agreed. It's weird. He
2: said it at such the same time that you could only hear you, Alex. It was synchronicity.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I did really like the use of X-23 in this. This was fun. I liked the fact that we actually got some X-Men fighting and doing things for you the like just say you
2: liked it don't put enough preamble enough of it this was, like oh you know, i could funny all shit gr-
1: you know fun kind of reveal of the villains and what's going on that was intense i like that uh i still as much as i liked to ben and his letter there i wasn't going to read it but i still think that like the all the stuff in the beginning you're just like let's get past this shitty hump Island and let's move on. And I'm hoping that's what the, you know, what's going to Do you
0: happen. think not to shoot myself in the foot here, because I appreciate how much you like this book and that we're agreeing. Do you think honestly that Manhattan is any less of a hump Island than Krakoa?
1: yeah 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 there's. i got
0: bad okay. news
2: pete manhattan fucks manhattan <laughs> is it manhattan is a samantha no doubt oh, and i'm uh, so sorry <laughs> manhattan and staten island have had a thing for a while Ooh, mm-hmm.
1: staten island i don't know man don't yeah know. believe me i don't agree with it either
0: Wow. Yeah. It's disgusting in my mind. Right. Masters of the Universe, Revelation number one from Dark Horse Comics, story yeah, by Kevin Smith talking. and Rob David, script by Tim Sheridan, art by Mindy Lee. This is a prequel series for the upcoming Netflix series that is a reboot of the classic He-Man series, He-Man cartoon. Pete, I know you've got to be psyched for this. What'd you think about wait. this book?
1: I cannot wait uh, for the He-Man. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, yeah, I thought this was fun. It's just fun... Kind of nostalgic, like, oh, man, He-Man, this is cool. I'm I'm on board. Uh, great use of Skeletor here. Uh, yeah. Why not? What's not to great like? Great
2: use of Skeletor, still no face. Like, <laughs> really checking all the boxes.
1: Yeah.
0: Justin? Um,
2: <laughs> I'm curious. Well, yes. Uh, I'm curious what this all... I, I, I'm just curious about all of this. I don't know. I was not a He-Man guy uh, from way back. Um, why? Have I you watched watch. He-Man, the original He-Man cartoons? In your yeah, I tried to go back and watch it. Were... It's not
1: good. But as a kid, it was not great. Good. And yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I'm curious, sort of, what the new whole take is here. I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't know fully from this book.
0: It is. It's weird to me, and I'm dancing around things here because reviews are embargoed for this series, but it's weird to me to do a prequel given that the whole idea of the Netflix series is it's a direct sequel to the animated series. So it's a strange place for it to fit in there in terms so a of that. prequel to the ter- sequel, what? What? It's a pre-sequel. Oh, it's a pre-seek. Yeah, Sorry, pre-seek. I forgot about that. Uh, but I did think the art was good. I really liked the art by Mindy yeah. Lee. I thought that was really nice. And I am very excited to be able to talk
1: about this series when we can. Next up, the nice he's house seen on stuff, and he's not allowed to talk about it. He doesn't I, want to nut flex all over us, but he's seen it.
0: The Nice House on the Lake, number two from DC Comics, written by James Town of the Fourth, art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. This book, the. Uh I was about to say heroes, the people of this book have been invited to a nice vacation at a nice house on the lake only to find out that their host is some sort of being from another world or dimension or something like that. And he has been tasked with killing and destroying everybody else in the entire rest of the world. They're all dying in the most horrible way possible, a flamy, melty death. And the only people alive are the people of the nice house on the lake. That's where we're picking up in this issue. Man, James Tynan, when he sets up a premise, he goes for it. And this is absolutely horrifying. Love the characters here. The art is gorgeous throughout. Uh, This book is real good, and it definitely holds up in the second issue.
2: I'm so curious. James Tynan is doing so many books between his work at DC and then all of his other um, work across the rest of the comic book uh, market. And it just feels like he has these just great premises for days for all these books. Like uh, f- this one is just great. This is like maybe my one of my Department of Truth is maybe my favorite. This is like right up there. And this he just started. It's just crazy. Like when we talk about so many of his books and each of them just hit a different mark in a different way. And it's great.
1: Yeah, this is creepy as fuck and uh I'm scared of it so it's doing good. You're scared of
2: it cuz you don't like lakes or houses yeah, or mm-hmm. houses or especially nice. if they're nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: This it's a totally different plot but it reminds me in tone a little bit of a more adult the woods another book that he did Ooh. which had a very deep mythology that started simple and then just spiraled into a very big thing by the end. Yeah, I and I'm curious to see if we're going to get the same thing here. It'll be fascinating. Next up, Nuttera, number five, from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Tony F. In this issue, our main actual heroes here have finally made it to a safe haven where there's light in a world filled with darkness. But of course, things are not all that they seem. I really like speaking about mythology, the way that they are spinning out the mythology of this world here. I was Honestly, despite the fact that Scott came on our live show and was selling us on it, a little dubious that they were going to make it last this long. But by issue five, I'm very much sold on this. I like this world, and I think the character is really interesting.
2: And even beyond the mythology, the, the real – the mechanics of how mm-hmm. the – sort of the monsters here work I think is – Again, like just like James, and let's remember that um, Scott is sort of James's mentor uh, mm-hmm. and sort of brought him into the comic book field. These guys are meticulous storytellers. They yeah. truly think through to so, such detail all of their stories. And this is just another great example where this issue, we're getting a lot of backstory of the mechanics tied to the emotional uh, reactions um, and motivations of sort of these main characters. It's great. It's I, yeah, also- I
1: really like the choices happening here. You know um, – it's just, you know, cause sometimes after in, in comics in real life, um, you know, if somebody almost dies. They're going to be a little different. So I'm really happy with like kind of the choice that's happening and where this is going. Uh, cause it was kind of like, okay, bad guys chasing us. We're in trouble. Uh, but now we've got some kind of twists and turns. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy that the story story here is widening out and getting deeper. Um, Uh, yeah, and it's such a kind of interesting choice that it just makes me can't wait for the next issue even more. Like, I was already just on board with this idea of like, okay, the world's all black now, and these horrible nightmare monsters come out, and uh, the only thing that can kill them is light. cool, awesome, truckers, great, this is fun, but then like all this other stuff makes it even better. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, continually impressed with this book I agree, next up, Extreme Carnage Alpha from Marvel, written by Philip Kennedy
0: Johnson, art by Manuel Garcia This is not directly, but spitting out of the King in Black storyline, Flash Thompson is back in the anti-Venom uniform as going mano a mano with Carnage Cletus Kasady himself, who of course has been resurrected and has an evil plan and wants to rip some people apart But for crazy As Philip Kennedy Johnson has been doing over in the Alien book and a couple of other things he's written as well, he knows how to write horror scenes. He knows how to write some really terrifying and graphic and gross stuff. And uh, I think that works for a Carnage book, and that works here.
1: Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
2: To your point, I feel like this feels a little bit alien. Like there's this great panel where the Carnage is coming out of a dude's mouth. What I think Philip Kennedy Johnson does so well in his horror stuff is just these crystallized moments of, like, terror. Even the the panel sort of early on, like, page six or seven or something of uh, the dude's sharp teeth and he, yeah. uh, on his sunglasses, just these little, like, fragmented teeth are coming through. And I'm like, ah, that's scary. Yeah. It's, it just amounts to a great book.
1: I, what's interesting is it starts so small. We kind of get, like, a little fish. And then, like, you know, it grows and grows and grows. And by the end of it, you realize how scary this is and how big of a thing it is. And it's terrifying. And uh, it's a very kind of smart way to do it where it's like you think, like, okay, it's just, okay, it's going to be a bad guy or whatever. And then you're just like, oh, no, this is so much bigger than I thought. So give it uh, give a
2: symbiote a fish it'll eat for one day. Make a symbiote of fish, it'll scare you for the rest of your life.
1: It'll turn into wow. a symbiote evil shark, and then that'll just, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's intense. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes.
0: Next up, let's talk about a book that I know Pete was very excited for. Mamo, number one, from Boombox by yes. Sass Millage. Millage? Sass Millage, probably. Pete, what'd you like about this book? Talk to us about it.
1: Well, first, the art is just glorious. I mean, you want to talk about just, like, kind of pulling you into this uh, world uh, just great. a uh, Fantastic. You kind of, like, okay, here's a girl on a cool bike, you know, living her life, runs into a person. Okay, whatever. Maybe you got a freaky little cat or whatever, but it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And uh, not not only is, like, the the character design's awesome and the art pretty cool, but, like, It gets scary up in that attic, man. And uh, yeah, I think it's a fantastic first issue that kind of gives you an idea of what's happening in this town and just gets you kind of really excited for the possibilities and what's happening moving forward. I really like these two characters that we kind of start with. Uh, I think it's a magical, fantastic book and the art leads the way.
0: Can I throw out two reasons that I think you really like it, Pete? One, as you mentioned, there's a cat. That's very cute. You love cats. Two, it's basically a Miyazaki movie, like pretty yes. much straight up and in, uh, not in a bad way, so, like not in yeah. a derivative way. I think it so channels it really nicely. And you love Miyazaki.
2: That's
1: thing to undercut it. You know what I mean? That's
2: not like, undercutting it. I think it's a great way to describe it because what I like about this book is its pace. Like you really get to take yeah. your time and watch these sort of – Big mythological things happening to these characters, um, starting starting small and then getting much larger by the end. And it, very Miyazaki, and it's it's uh, it's a great call. That's why Pete likes it. Pete, we're yeah. in your head. We know why you like things.
1: It's weird.
0: I love it. The Good Asian Number 3 from Image Comics, written by Porn Sack, art by, I didn't write it down, but I'll look it up in a second. This is continuing our renewed take on a classic Asian detective story. They even call out Charlie Chan at a point in this issue. Uh, I continue to really like the story. I think it's good mystery. It's great characters. And I swear I'm going to look up the artist right now, but the art is very, very good.
1: Yeah, Uh it's... It's beautiful. I love the use of like the different color tones for the different kind of like styles and time periods. Uh, yeah, it just really impresses uh, the kind of story that it's telling. I, It's there's like different shading things for character moments. It's uh, I, I think it's a really smart, well put together book with some really great characters and powerful shit. And uh, there's a lot of history and great stuff in the back of it. I- I'm very impressed. This continues to be a must pick up.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. Great um, detective noir stuff. There's some fun uh, fun with music at the very end, which I thought mm-hmm. was cool. Like, sort of changing up the format. Uh, but yeah, it's good.
0: Alexandra Tefengi is the name of the there artist, go. which gorgeous, is. great stuff. Like we talked about with the Forest issue, very reminiscent of Darwin Cook in a good way. Not a derivative way, Pete, just a good way. Thank okay. you. Just Thank you. a
1: good, good way. A Next up,
0: The Swamp Thing, number five from DC Comics, written by Ram V. Art by John McCrae. Now, this is okay. a very horror-inflected inf- uh, take on Swamp Thing. Not that they aren't usually, but this one is in particular. We called out Immortal Hulk before as an influence here and i think that's still very accurate with this issue one thing i was bummed about though i guess this is now a mini series and we're halfway through it um i understand why i'm sure not a crazy amount of people are picking up a swamp thing book but if you're not checking this out you really should the arts so good uh ram v's writing is so good this is one of my favorite swamp thing stories in a really long time
1: wow well i i agree this is fantastic The art and the paneling are just really, really above and beyond. The flow of the story, like Justin was talking about uh, a couple issues ago, uh, really impressive. The colors are beautiful, just amazing character designs, plus a cameo by one of my favorite DC characters. I don't know if we should spoil it. But yeah, no, I, really I think it's love okay. This. It's
0: it's right there. I mean, it's John McRae, Cray, I guess, who is a commensurate Vertigo artist drawing Constantine. Who yeah. else would you want to get in the title, and who else would you want to get to draw? So it's a perfect fit for this one.
1: Yeah, I just I think it's a fun, fantastic issue. Yeah,
2: I feel like John Constantine has popped up in so many. Uh, DC don't books do hate. Um, don't
1: you fucking do it. I'm not
2: hating. He's just around. Like, you don't miss him. Are you missing him? He's around.
1: <laughs> oh, great character should be around, you asshole. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's just uh, this book's about Swamp things, so why do I have to deal with this guy who's just uh blonde? He's there to help. Is he? Is he? Yeah. He's, He's sort of out a Loki. For himself. He's a um, Loki. No, this guy's another you, Loki. He's a variant, this guy. This guy's no, another wrong Loki. Universe, wrong
0: universe. Next up, Doesn't Monday, matter. Monday, a Rivers of London story number one from Titan Comics written by Ben Aronovich and Andrew Cartmel, art by Jose Maria Broy. This is a wide, of mythology that I gotta be honest, I know nothing about other than I read the note to the front that said there are a bunch of detectives that investigate supernatural mysteries. Not a lot of supernatural going on in this particular book, but we do get a lot of cop and going on a lot of cop
2: stuff it's a cops talking about being cops even beyond that like i i feel like the reading this book was like walking into a business meeting and you're like oh shit i'm not supposed (laughs) to be here this is the wrong room and then trying to find a way to leave graciously um but i mean it's good the art's nice Um, the story is interesting i'm curious what the deal is but they really don't take any time to tell us what the deal is
1: Sometimes yeah, nice. you don't know what the deal is right away. You know well, you if there's
0: been dozens of comics and dozens of books, I understand why we're kind of left there. But I will say I like the framing device. I like the main character, this new captain, I guess, of this police unit or police force or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I thought she was kind of interesting and a fascinating main character to follow, particularly, I mean, hey, maybe it's a London thing, I don't know, versus an American thing. But the fact that she's like, well, All done here, end of the day, time to head home. Feels very different from every cop thing in America where it's like, I work 24 hours a day and I have no life. And the only thing I do is I go to the cop bar and I drink whiskey and then do more cop stuff. Um, So it feels very different there, (laughs) which was fun and fresh. And the art I I thought was very good as well. Um, I was glad we read it. I like you guys. I think I'm curious to check out the second issue and see when the supernatural stuff happens
2: perhaps well so. and also i was like oh shit I, what is all this other stuff this i've never heard of this there's yeah. a lot
0: yeah it feels like somebody you being like hey i want to check out this puddle and somebody's like no that's actually a swimming pool <sighs> no okay yes, yes. <laughs> Geiger number four from Image Comics, written by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank. In this issue, our radioactive man is leading two kids through the radioactive wasteland, and various forces are converging on them for some reason that we don't exactly know yet. Um, As usual, good art from Gary Frank. I'm not, to be honest with you, 100% sold on the story for this yet. Um, I think it's okay but i feel like it really needs to wow me in a certain way and i'm not quite wow. there yet um but I'll, I'll read anything that gary frank draws uh, yeah uh,
2: yes and uh, let me say like it, reading this in comparison with what we were talking about with some of these uh with the scott snyder book noctera and the james tynan stuff we're talking about there's just more going on in those books and so this book feels a little bit slight when it's like I don't know what the whole underpinning here is. And I don't have those emotional connections to these characters. It's just beautiful art and like interesting things are happening, but I don't – the emotional depth isn't there, I feel like,
0: yet. Do your birds agree or do they not agree, Justin? Yeah, it seems like – Can you birds, hear those or? birds? Oh, right. sorry. I'm doing,
2: I'm doing a magic show later. Those are my doves. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Pete, what do you uh, think about this book?
1: yeah I, I I really like it i uh, I disagree with you guys a little bit I feel like you're underplaying this this is really uh I also there's a lot of small fun things happening in the background like when they're in the casino and there's the old lady with their arms up and the guy the pirate dude is so surprised he like flips up his eye patch to be like wait what are we talking about um yeah i I love this book I very much love the design of this kind of nuclear dude Um I think it's kind of like a fun, kind of like Hulk, Hulk out type of thing. Also, he's got like a two-headed wolf dog. Go oh, fuck yourself, guys. This is fun. Uh, no, and shit, believe me, all right? there's cool
2: stuff in here. This book reminds me of something like uh, Crossed, if you remember that book. Yeah. Um, But we don't, have, bullets. we don't have that premise to really like give us the guideposts of what we're seeing here. So it's like. You don't really know what the point is. What was was like, look at these fucked up zombies and the yeah. fucked up stuff they do. This is like, there's a bunch of people doing fucked up stuff, but you don't know quite why. Or it's just like, Yet. I want that little extra flavor in there.
1: Mm-hmm. That we're missing. You're going to get it, man. You got to wait for it, though. I think, uh, yeah, I really think the art alone is worth the pickup here. And uh, I like the kind of mysterious hero that we're riding along with. Yeah. As Pete was saying, sometimes you just got to wait for the flavor.
0: I went to a restaurant the other day and I got this plain chicken and I was like, what is this plain chicken? They're like, wait, the salt and pepper is coming later. And I was like, this is cool. This is really
2: I love it when restaurants course it out and they give me the raw chicken first and Mm -hmm. later they shove the salt into my mouth and then I apply the flame right after. Wow. It's like getting tequila shots,
0: but with raw chicken. Next up, Captain America number 30 (laughs) from Marvel written by... Here we go. Tallahassee Coats, as we call them, That's art right. by Leonard Kirk. Uh, this is bringing to a close Tallahassee Coats run. On Captain America, that has been very defining for the character. We're also getting some teases for things coming up, I think, even as we're wrapping up the main storyline. uh what do you guys think about this? We recently talked, of course, about the end of his Black Panther run. He does a note about what a dream it was to work on both Black Panther and Captain Beautiful. America. And I think he has really delivered on all counts. What'd you guys think?
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, other than the fact that I murdered his name in our live show and I feel very bad about that. Oh, I thought you
0: movie. were doing a joke.
1: You were not? Well, I, you know, I messed it up and then kind of oh, made I'm a sorry. choice in okay. the moment, but you know, nice. uh but I think that it's uh the letter at the end says it all. Like this this guy's living his dream and having a lot of fun and it comes through like I didn't know how powerful it would be to have Captain American Red Skull sit down and have a conversation. Like, at first I was like, what the fuck is happening? Somebody punched somebody. This is crazy. But it was very powerful in a way I wasn't ready for. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's great to see kind of people putting their stamp on stuff. It's definitely, especially people who are fantastic writers. So uh, there was a lot of small, like, powerful shit in this issue, and I very much enjoyed it.
2: When you get a great writer on a great comic, having these sort of big characters getting to sit down and just like talk to each other, I think, is great. And it's really exciting to get to read that. I like sort of the stuff that happens at the end, maybe position, positioning some villains for the future. And uh, the the way that he, that uh, nehisi Coates turned this into like a teen book, essentially – um was i don't i definitely didn't see that coming and it's been really fun to see the daughters of liberty be like a whole like a real thing a thing that has been in the last like 25 issues of the book um as a real force so very cool very surprising
0: Next up, WWE, The New Day, Power of Positivity, number one from Boom Studios, written by Evan Narcisse and Austin Walker, art by Daniel Bayless. This is a fictionalized telling of how The New Day got together, as we talk about almost every time we talk about a WWE book. This is definitely not my wheelhouse, but I really like these characters, and I thought this was a fun book that you don't really know anything about wrestling other than maybe the new day exists and knowing that they are the positive people. But uh, I had a good time reading this. What'd you guys think? I agree.
2: And let me say like a friend of ours, friend of this show, Chris Dunn, who was a recent guest on the live show, uh, wrote for WWE for a long time. And a lot of what they do is, is very, it reminded me of this book where it's like, these are like comedy pieces. A lot of the backstage stuff and sort of the, the remote segments are like – are meant to be funny and fun. It's not all posturing and yelling at each other, which I think is a lot what a lot of people think of as a WWE. So I really like that this book reflected that um as opposed to just the sort of stereotypical.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's one of those it. things where it's really impressive what they're doing with these books. You think like – All right, here we go. It's going to be a wrestling comic. Why am I reading this? But the story is fantastic. The flashbacks, the kind of like slice of life stuff we get in here is really moving and very well done and well written. Uh, It's really cool to kind of get these backstories on these characters. And so you're kind of really rooting for them in the ring instead of just seeing wrestling like. Uh you know, because i don 't know so much when I turn on wrestling it 's like okay here 's some dudes fighting each other, but this is so much better and uh so enjoyable uh yeah i've been really impressed with these books, and I'm glad that Zalbin is kind of being like, "Hey, we should check these out oh thanks, beef that's very nice uh, go fuck yourself well, oh there, there, there we is. are there it is. Carmen number 5 from Image
0: Comics by Gillam March. This is bringing to a close this run. Uh, not an afterlife comic book, but about sort of a death-type figure who has been ushering a woman potentially into the afterlife. There's a bit of a twist here and a resolution in terms of things going on. I think we talked about this before, but we started – a little uncertain about the premise of this book but the first issue though all agreeing that of course Gilliam March's art is absolutely gorgeous. but this ended up not to sound too big about it but in a very profound and beautiful place by the end that I was really impressed by. How did it strike you guys?
2: I agree like especially the way it started it, it felt very light and like dreamy and like not tied to a bunch of uh, narrative and logic. And then it ends in this place where it's like, oh, no, this was like a very composed story. And it just happened that the first part was this sort of very visionary stuff that brought that brings that draws you in. And here you are with just a great story about uh, the afterlife. I I love this. It was one of those rare books where the premise comes later and it do, you don't feel like you were lost at any point in the book.
1: Yeah, it starts off like, all right, it's just uh, uh, some fucked up tripped out shit, man, and all oh, naked ladies everywhere. So it's like, what is happening? But, man, the the kind of story and the kind of stuff that happens and the little kind of, like, pieces that are then put together, it's really impressive and very cool, kind of, like, the kind of guides to the afterlife and stuff is very interesting. And there's been a ton of stories, movies, and stuff like that done. But this is very creative and very artistically driven in such a unique and interesting way that, uh, yeah, I've been, you know, I ate my original words here and have been very much enjoying this. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough nice things about this book Next up, Green Lantern number four from
0: DC Comics written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci. In the first half of the book, we are following Jon Stewart as he is stranded on an alien planet with no Green Lantern Power Ring. Meanwhile, in the back half of the book, we're following Joe from Far Sector. She tries to build up the Green Lantern core again and figure out what went wrong and why the power battery exploded. Same as last issue. I got to say, I like the John Stewart story because I'm always happy with the John Stewart story. But, man, the second half of the issue is so much more interesting <laughs> and <laughs> such a better, more fascinating story. I kind of wish it was just that.
2: Yeah. It's hard. Uh, it, it's telling that Joe's on the cover. Joe's the cover character here. Like, well, let's do this. Like, I think... It's- I think we're ready to just have far sector come a lot closer than uh, it has been in the past.
1: It's very exciting to see a character uh, like become more popular than the main thing. You know what I mean? Like if you say to somebody, "You know, Green Lantern is," people are like, "Oh yeah, definitely." But this far sector has uh, been so much better. So more artistic and, and I've just been really impressed and so happy to kind of see this happen. And yeah, I want the old green lantern gone and I want it uh, to only be far sector now.
2: I don't think we have to get rid of the old green Lantern. but I will say should, the, back, the Joe story feels like it's more like pertinent to the future of green lantern also. Like, um, so I think that at least should be the first story in the book. Um, because I will say I do like the format of Green Lanterns. It's like, you know, there are so many of them having a sort of a, a book where we get to cover a lot of them, I think, is great. And I, I appreciate that. I'm I just s- think we got to get the order right.
1: I'm just surprised to hear you say it. you have your closer go second, Justin. You have the closer close. You can't have the closer go first. And nobody's going to read the nobody's going to care about the next thing. You know, so I don't know if that to...
2: is what books are like. Um, <laughs> uh, that's true in like concerts, uh comedy yeah. shows often. Yeah. But in com- in books and comic books, you often put the um, the main yeah. character up the top. Mm-hmm.
0: Next up, speaking of main characters, wind number eight from Boom Studios, mm. written by James Town of the Fourth. Again, here's this guy, art God, by Michael Dialness. This is a fantasy story following the main character as he journeys away from an oppressive kingdom, fights some vampires, meets some fairies. Like we talked about earlier, I am very impressed how James Tynan is really building out the world here in a big way. But it's really Michael Dialness's heart. That keeps drawing me back to this book personally.
1: Yeah, that's it's the real heart of it is the art. But uh JT4 is just killing this. It's a really <laughs> fantastical kind of uh there's so much heart, there's so much beauty in this story. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of struggle too, which is great. I've been really impressed. Uh, you know, JT four sometimes writes for like a harder or more hard edge kind of, uh, story. So this is like a softer side to JT four that I'm very much enjoying.
0: Now, who do you think is better? JT four or JP four? And when I'm saying JP four, I'm of course talking about Jurassic park 4, AKA Jurassic world. So just yeah. weighing the two of them, which would JT4
1: you say JT4 all day or a day? Okay, I think it's That's up for a, debate. A, Justin, one hundred percent
0: correct. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, this book, the tone of this book is uh, uh, really interesting. It really feels like sort of never-ending story vibe, like very like eighties eighties uh, action fantasy uh, for kids movie. Uh, I really appreciate that, and I do think the art and especially the colors are really uh, yeah. done well in this book. All the characters' eyes really pop throughout in a way that just like you see them all being scared the prince of those moments. Moment it's
1: hilarious. Yeah.
2: It's a great book. Uh, he could do no wrong. This is a JT4. Glad we have that, that established. Love yeah. cast.
0: Post-Americana number six from Image Comics by Steve Scrooge. In this issue, there was an attack on our insane Disneyland-style stronghold. Meanwhile, back at the uh, last remnants of America, there's another attack going on. This is surprisingly, despite the fact that there's a talking egg that kills people, probably the calmest or the most straightforward issue of this so book so far. The most
1: straightforward, yeah,
0: yeah. I but love still the super egg super who fun. Loses it. It's great. I don't know. I have a blast reading this every issue. It's, it's me too. Very f- it it's is it's fun. like you brought up crossed earlier. It's like crossed, but not mean, I think is the way that I put it. Oh, that's good. And I
2: will say, it, the first couple of issues, I was like, oh, this is going to be mean. And then it's actually drifted much in the opposite direction to getting into sort of like, we get some loss in this book and this issue. And like, it's uh, drifted over to being like a real, the st- action's gotten crazier yes. and the emotions have gotten actually deeper.
1: I, yeah. yeah, I love this book. This is such a fun read. The action is all over the place, which is great. Some fantastic character moments. It's fun to see ad guy lose it and uh, start swearing his face off. Fantastic. I had so much fun reading this. The art, the character design, it's just a ton of fun. Next up, The Avengers, number 46 from Marvel, written by Jason Aaron,
0: art by Javier Garan. This is kicking off the beginning of the World War She-Hulk storyline where the Russian Winter Guard. And just a little asterisk reminder, Dracula runs Russia now in the Marvel Universe. Yes. Uh, anyway, they invade Avengers Mountain and and kidnap know. She-Hulk and bring her to the Red Room to brainwash her and make her a Russian agent working directly for, again, I want to emphasize, Dracula. Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, we talk about this every time with Avengers. It is just a wild, insane blast that's like, toys, look at these toys that I'm playing with in a really, really fun way.
2: Jason Her- Aaron has secretly created this like wild more interesting Marvel universe that no one else is tapping into. Like his Marvel universe is full of like, oh, today we're dealing with vampires. Oh, now there's like nine ghost riders and they're all fucked up. And then we get a (laughs) world war. She Hulk out of nowhere as just like a regular story arc in the Avengers book. Like it's nonstop fun. All the characters are just operating at a high level uh, feels like, uh, black widow tie in vibes yeah. as well with all of this. Kind like of, it was, a just, bit. It, it just like felt timely in a way. It's like, you're
0: cool. Sure. Yeah. Don't uh, spoil that. Dracula is the main villain in the black widow movie though. Okay. Just don't yes. I would
2: that. never spoil that. Cause I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> uh, This book is just fun, and um, I look forward to it a lot every week.
1: Yeah, it's just Jason Aaron having a great time in a fun sandbox. And, uh, yeah, the the art's fantastic. Just classic kind of Marvel fun here. Uh, It's a blast. It was sad. The gorilla stuff was super sad. Uh, But, man, yeah, and uh, love the kind of Red Room tie-in at the end there. It feels very kind of timely, so... Uh, yeah, just a fun comic, man.
0: Ordinary Gods, number one, from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Felipe Watadabi. This feels like Wicked and Divine meets Highlander a little bit, uh, hmm. with folks who are gods, who have been exiled to Earth, battling throughout time, getting re- resurrected time and time again. Um, But uh, good action in this book, like the art quite a bit, definitely despite... The obvious influences feels like it's going to become its own unique, intense, hardcore thing. And I'm very curious to see what happens in issue two. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I had cured Gillen vibes um, here a little bit. I was thinking um, a die a little bit as well as an influence. Um, But I agree. This is the stuff. This is a version of those um, those story elements that is just moving quickly. And it's where people pull out a knife and start stabbing much earlier than you anticipate.
1: Yeah, I think this is kind of a, it has a little bit of like uh, Sean Murphy vibe to it. Um, But yeah, I thought this was uh, a really fantastic kind of introduction leading with action, which is great. But then as the story goes, everything kind of like folds outward. So yeah, I think as far as first issue goes, does a great job of getting you pumped, letting you know little pieces of what's going on and kind of blowing your mind a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really impressed with this, and uh, I think it does a great job of getting the reader excited for more. The Worst
0: Dudes, number two from Dark Horse uh, Comics, written by Aubrey Sitterson, art uh, by Tony McGorry. Go. This is a wild, weird book. I did not read the first issue, so I got to admit I was a little lost here. But we've got a big old cat man who is trying to solve some sort of a mystery, Pete. You like cats? What'd you think about this?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, but you know, you don't want to video call people with your junk out. I'm glad that was addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad
2: it was addressed in our podcast as well. We had
0: to have a <laughs> firm conversation. About that's that. why we should probably bring up this point. That's why Jeffrey Tubin will no longer be appearing on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> we <laughs> used to. We used to have four hosts
1: up until as you know,
0: but tubes.
1: It's yeah. a hot take. Tube's gone tubing. Yeah, I mean, this is just you can tell by the title, it's gonna be over the top and kind of ridiculous. So, you know, if that's your uh you know, your bag, then fucking get in get in, man, because that's what it is.
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> if that's your bag, get in. Justin, what did you think about this?
1: This book had very
2: strong Eric Larson vibes to me. Ooh. This felt like sort of a uh Savage Dragon arc if um they were like, We're gonna show some dicks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's a pretty good call. Let's move on, talk about Batman Fortnite <laughs> zero point number six from DC oh, Comics yeah. Concept by Donald Mustard, written by Christos Gage, art by Riley Brown. We've been surprisingly singing the praises of this book that has mashed up the DC and the Fortnite universe. We're getting a conclusion here, but also a tee-up for another crossover. I really liked how this wrapped up. I thought this last issue was very good. Oh. Um I still think the first three issues were the strongest, the silent ones. Those uh, were don't fucking awesome. Break
1: it into fucking heads but I
0: shit. like this story. I am excited to follow it into probably another mini series because this is sold through the roof. Uh, what'd you guys yeah. think of it though?
1: Yeah. I was really impressed how long this went and how well it was done for all six issues. Like such a, it seems like just a kind of one and done concept, but like, through the lens of Batman and being meticulous, really just kind of fucking like blew it out in such a great way. So moving the whole cat and bat thing. Oh my God. When they finally realize everything. Oh, and she just walks away, but he had to go through the portal. He had to go through. I, oh, it's just, it's great. It's really great. Yeah, I mean, I agree
2: with I. I guess I agree with you, Alex. Like I, the first half definitely had um had sort of the strong mm. like they really caught us off guard with how the quality of the book. But I think this last issue really delivered as well. Mm-hmm. the The fights were great, and then the moment I love the panel where we get to see, uh, sort of the old Batman Catwoman art, uh, yeah. just sort of flashes across. Something that I think they didn't really have to do, but really like really helps to root it in the actual DC side of it, as opposed um, to the Fortnite side. And uh, it's great.
0: Good stuff. Next up, Jenny zero number three from dark horse comics written by Dave DeWanch and Brockton McKinney art by Magenta King. This is about essentially a drunk Ultraman is, I believe, the concept of the book. <laughs> and in this issue, she travels to a remote dojo to try to learn how to be a better drunk Ultraman. Turns out the key is to stay drunk, but just in the right way. Have a nice mild buzz it's going that
1: the sweet time. spot mm-hmm. of, like, you know, uh, being drunk, but not too drunk, where you're, like, really good at, like, pool or darts or something. You know what I mean? Just that sweet spot. Trying to get your alcoholism just right.
2: Sorry, I'm gonna pour one more little bit of wine while we. Yeah, yeah it's smart, it's smart, it's smart.
1: <laughs> I this
0: book is good. It's very yeah. fun. It has a good sensibility to it. The action is also good, and Magenta King draws it really nicely. I'm having a good time reading this book. Plus,
1: it's got a great badass old lady. So, I mean, come on. Now oh, you love that. You love. It I mean, grandma. that's Pete Bay right there. Uh, yes, this is fun. I agree.
0: Life is Strange, coming home, number one, from Titan Comics, written by Emma Vicelli, art by Claudia Leodardi. This is another Titan Comics book that apparently has a deep continuity that I know nothing about. Uh, but I like the characters here. I guess it's about people who keep slipping between dimensions that have powers and stuff like that. So I wasn't totally clear on the concept because I didn't read the first mini series. But this was intriguing enough, and I thought the art was solid enough that I'm curious to check out more.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think it's, uh, you know, it's fantastic art. A lot of kind of like cool characters. Uh, it's yeah, it's a little kind of crazy about what's going on. But, uh, you know, people appear and disappear and shit. But uh, I think handled really well. Um, and uh, I definitely really like the art style. So, uh, yeah, it was fun.
2: It was hard to take in the three pages of previously on and cast of characters. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, before I got into the main story,
1: but I mean, they're right. Life is strange, man. Man, coming home. Truth number yeah. one. I agree
0: with all of that. Wonder Girl number two from DC Comics, written by Joel Jones, art by Joel Jones and Adrian Mello. This is teed up our new, <coughs> excuse me, future Wonder Woman, Yara, and uh, gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous book. I think. Uh, maybe we brought this up at the first issue, but this seems reminiscent of what Brian Azrael and Cliff Chiang were doing on Wonder Woman back in the day, but with an entirely oh, yes. new mythology. But it feels revelatory in the same way. What about from you guys?
1: Yeah, I, I love the art, the character design. This is just awesome. It feels like uh, new, but old in all the right ways. I'm having a great time with this.
2: And let me just say, and we're going to talk about maybe the Batman book in a second, the way that they have been using future state. We don't know what's happening. Yeah, we don't. Uh, know. Future state in these um, and it's just some of the future state books, the way they've been using them, I think, is so smart. It really gave us tastes of what could be and then are sort of flirting with the idea of those. Um, this book is, does a great job of really being like, no, this is a thing and you're going to want to
0: read this. Next up, Beasts of Burden, Occupied Territory, number four from Dark Horse Comics, written by Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer, art by Benjamin Dewey. This is wrapping up the story of pets back in time fighting some supernatural menaces. Pete, you've loved the series. I know you've been concerned about Jill Thompson not being yeah. on it. Um, I looked it she's up. She's not even
1: a- in the fucking thing anymore. She was, used to be credited on the second page, and they took her fucking name off. I really don't think there is any problem going on behind the scenes. It's driving me fucking nuts, man. I can't enjoy this anymore because I don't know what happened with Jill and if she's going to come back to it or not because I can't keep liking this without her. Well, here. uh, Her watercolors are phenomenal and help make this fucking comic what it is, and then you just cut her out of it? Like, what the fuck?
2: I don't think that's what happened. And let me say, the art here is, like, pretty reminiscent of Jill's style. Slightly different, obviously. And I will say, it feels like every week we have to have a book that features dogs doing fucked up stuff. That's, like, (laughs) our thing now.
0: (laughs) I I'll look this up here. There's an interview with Evan Dorkin over on the beat. So, we can stop talking about this, but I really think it's fine and it's nothing that you should actually worry about. But I'll tell you what, let's wrap up here with Batman number 110.
1: We're not going to wrap up. We got a couple more comments to talk Jesus about. Jesus Christ, Pete. DC Comics
0: written by Jurassic World, I believe, art by Jorge Jimenez <sighs> and Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. In this issue, we're slowly gearing up for the big Fear State event that's coming down the road, led by Scarecrow. But meanwhile, Batman is finally going going up as Justin teased earlier against the magistrate program against peacekeeper. Number one, Simon saint, lots of things closing in on him. Uh, Great book. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. I I uh, I was was just going to say, as Justin likes to say, this is a great package. You know what I mean? This is just a a solid tight package here. You know, you got amazing art. Uh, It feels like Batman's really in trouble here. Uh, the kind of like cool explosions that Batman does. And I don't want to give too much away. Uh, fun swearing. Uh, great backups. Fun That's, swearing. This is just a, a tight package, man. I think um, this this is like
2: an action movie. This this particular issue. And I think what James has done, uh, JT4 has done so well um, in this particular book is he put the pieces on the table and he's allowing them to just pop now in little bursts when he needs them. Like Harley's a main character here and she um, does the things that she needs to do. Uh, We have uh, all the supporting Nightwing pops in here for a little bit. Like, and like the last, the last page, just really, really great Batman stuff. Leading into future state that we've already heard about and in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, I know this story already. It feels exciting. It feels like a legit threat to Batman. It's just great Batman right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you what, that was a lot of books we reviewed. Now, only an absolute maniac would read all of those books, complain about that many books and then read more books and review them on the podcast. Surely nobody here is going Surely to Surely no
2: one would raise their hand and say, "I sir, I have more to say."
1: Yeah. Well, you got me addicted to Crush and Lobo number 2, so I thought I would check that out in case you put it on the list. I just want to say, it's fun. This is great art. Uh, it's cool to see kind of like uh uh inside Crush's head here which Justin Justin always likes. Uh, they're still fighting a Krang-like character from t h b Mutant Ninja Turtles. Have not made that joke yet, which is very impressive. Uh, very
2: impressive to not make kind of, a Krang joke.
1: We're still <laughs> having the two kind of characters in separate worlds have not yet collided, but I can't wait for that to happen. This is uh, very exciting. It's nice to see kind of Lobo still being Lobo and then having this kind of like newer version Which maybe will take the mantle. I don't know, but it's cool to kind of see uh, this happen. So I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, By the way, I forgot to
0: mention about Carmen number five. I was really impressed that they didn't make a Crang joke.
2: Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Um, I was reading Crang number five, (laughs) and they didn't make a Crang joke in there either. So uh, wow, that's
1: impressive. And it's Crang number five. You think it was a what?
0: Yeah, no, they take it very seriously. It's like that movie Joker. I don't know if you've seen it with Joaquin Phoenix in it. It's like no. that, but for crying, like a really serious thing. Wow. Yeah, not a well, ton of jokes. Yeah, When I, when you bring me out, can you introduce me as crying? Oh, my God. <laughs> If you'd like to support this podcast And I don't know why you would want to Patreon.com slash comic book club <laughs> Also you? we do a live show every Tuesday night At 7pm to broadcast on YouTube Come hang out, we'll talk to you about Krang Or JP4 or whatever you want to talk about <laughs> iTunes, <laughs> Android, Spotify, Stitcher Or the JT4. app of your choice To subscribe and listen And follow the show at comic book live On Twitter, comic book club live On Instagram, comic club for this podcast and many more Until next time, we'll see you at the Virtual Comic Book Shop.
2: Good night, gang!